Scripture reading this morning is taken from not Luke 4, as I put in the bulletin, but Mark 1. Sorry for those who are on the live stream. Not sure why I put Luke 4 in there, but uh, I meant (laughs) Mark 1. And I want to read verses 21 through the end. 21 through 45. Mark 1, 21 through 45. Jesus has just called some of his disciples as he began his ministry. He's going through Galilee and he reaches now Capernaum. Mark 1, 21 through 45, page 994. And they went into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching For he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. And immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. But he was out in desolate places And people were coming to him from every quarter. 
news, as God's good news to us, as gospel. May he bless us by it, congregation. I want to look with you at that first section there, how Jesus heals a man with an unclean spirit. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says in Romans 8 that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Assaults can come at us from so many different angles, but when you take refuge in Christ, Jesus has got all the angles covered. And whatever would come to take you down, he has taken care of it. And in VBS this past week, we saw that by looking at five different miracles of Christ, how God's got five major angles covered, which really covers everything as a result of the fall into sin. Creation came against us. Jesus has got that covered. He says to the wind and the waves, silent, and they listen. He's got creation under his control. Sickness comes at us as a result of the fall. And Jesus has got that covered. He says, be healed. He's got sin covered as well. He went to the cross to die for us. So he says, be cleaned, be forgiven, and we are. Satan has come to dominate and rule our lives as a result of the fall. But Jesus comes and says, go out. And Satan and the demons must obey. And then death comes. And Jesus says to Lazarus, rise. Jesus himself rose from the dead. He's got that conquered as well. All the angles are covered by the wonderful Christ. The Christ is full of wonders, full of miracles, full of salvation. That's the glory of taking refuge in Jesus Christ. And I bid all of you to come running to Jesus for your refuge in every situation of life. The grave is such a great place to be when you're a Christian. And we could look in that hole yesterday where Epa's body was going to be placed and ask, is his body going to stay there? And we could say, no way. Jesus is going to raise him up, reunite him with his soul, new and glorious and immortal and imperishable and fully happy and capable and strong forever with all the saints to dwell with Christ in all eternity. The wonderful Christ. Christ is full of miracles. Has accomplished everything for us. He's got all the angles covered. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Come, let's see him here and take refuge in him yet again. We see first his wonderful word, the wonderful word of the wonderful Christ. And then secondly, his wonderful work. 
And then his wonder-filled people. His wonderful word. He talked to the storm. We saw that in all his miracles this past week at VBS. Jesus talked and took control with his word. He talked to the storm and the storm stopped. He rebuked Peter's mother-in-law's fever and the fever left. He said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. And he was washed clean and entered into a right relationship with God. He said to legion, he said to the thousands of demons and commanded them to go out and they left and went into the pigs. He went up to Lazarus's tomb and said to a dead body, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he got up and he walked out. The voice of Jesus, the word of Jesus. Jesus speaking was so unusual that it made people stop and listen. We read that here in this passage. The people were amazed at his teaching. They were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Was his teaching powerful because of his accent? Like a spellbinding Scottish accent might hold your attention? No. Was it because he had such a pleasant, sweet-sounding voice with the perfect cadence, smooth and soothing? We're not told that. Was it because he was such a master wordsmith, so eloquent, so good with rhetoric, with turns of phrases that you just had to listen, that he was manipulative of language? No. The Bible tells us it was in his authority. They were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one who had authority. His word possessed authority, says Luke 4. And it wasn't the authority of vehement thundering, though Jesus did speak loudly at times. The authority wasn't in the sound. It wasn't in the dynamics. No, it was in his sheer content and wisdom and total confidence in the truth. So that when he spoke, they heard the voice of God pressing on their lives. And when he spoke, he knew exactly what was in everybody's heart. He spoke exactly to whatever darkness and pain they carried. And it pressed in upon their souls. And they had to respond, whether being drawn to him in faith or driven away from him in anger. Authority. He is God. And he speaks with the authority of God. 
I'm reminded of the soldiers. Remember on the day Jesus was being arrested and the soldier went up to find him in the darkness in the garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane. And they go up to him, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And he says, I am. And they just all fell to the ground. He said, I am. They fell down. The power of the word of Christ, the word of truth. And then we read in the next verse, there's a man in the synagogue with a demon. And he cries out, verse 24. Why do you think he's crying out? The demon is in the presence of the voice of Jesus. This man whose life of sin is overrun more and more by demons can't stand to be in the presence of the voice of Jesus. Can't stay silent. It's the power of the word of Christ that brings this out of him. He cries out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now you might think Jesus should feel honored. Well, at least you know who I am. But what's, these, what's this demon doing? He's confessing his name in order to avoid punishment. Maybe he'll go easy on me, like when the officer stops you, and suddenly you're all polite, and you say, officer, hoping that you'll get in his good graces. But Jesus knows what this demon is all about, that he's evil, he's unclean, he's destroying this man's life. Jesus' word. Jesus' word is powerful. That's what the Bible says, Hebrews 4, verse 12, that the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, reaching right into the division of soul and spirit, going where no medicine and, and no weapon in the world can go. Exposing the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. What a gift it is for us to have Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, still talking to us from heaven through the Bible. Are you amazed at the wonderful Christ? Are you amazed at his authority? Are you amazed that we get to have the Bible and read it and study it and hear it proclaimed? What does it do for you? Sadly, though many are drawn in, others get sick and tired of it. And they start looking for power and happiness and fulfillment in other places. And I urge you today, people of God, to come to Jesus' word. That's what's going to give you a beautiful life. That's what's going to make you fuller, richer, better as a person. Paul said that to Timothy. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful 
for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God has it all for you. Its power is amazing because it's Christ himself. He's amazing. So let us not run from the word, but run to it. Well, we see secondly in this passage, his wonderful works. Jesus' word works here in this passage. It really works. We saw that this past week at VBS as we looked at the different miracles. Jesus would speak and immediately and powerfully and effectively things would happen. And then people are amazed at him. Now, sometimes Jesus waits to speak. And he makes us wait. And he speaks his word at a time that brings most glory to God, most honor to Christ, and most blessing to his people. Like with Lazarus, right? Heal him now. But he waited to speak the word until after he died. Jesus gets to decide when he's going to do the speaking. But when he speaks, his word works. His word is effective. It's always powerful. So here's a man possessed by a demon. As Hughes says, the commentator Hughes, this man was completely under the sway of the evil one. He had allowed evil to overtake him so much that his personality was damaged to the point that the evil spirit usurped the core of his self and used his voice. That's how much he was overtaken. But verse 25, what did Jesus do? There goes his, his voice, his word. Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent. Same word that he used to the Sea of Galilee. Peace, be silent. Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. The unclean spirit simply could not stand his ground against Jesus. Now it makes me wonder, why was this man even there in the synagogue? Was it because he wanted to go in and confront Jesus? He felt the enemy was in the land and he, he wanted to take control over Jesus? Or was it because the man wanted to be rescued? We're not told. But whatever happened, Jesus found him, this lost man, and he rescued him. He rescued him. What a glorious, glorious redeemer. Jesus is God. He's creator. 
And he sees and he controls even the spirit world, the invisible world. None of that's invisible to Jesus. He sees and he controls the good angels, but also the fallen ones, Satan and all his demons. Jesus created them good, Satan and all the unclean spirits. He created them good, but soon after they were created, they revolted against God and they were expelled from God's counsel. And now they try their utmost to ravage, savage, and ruin our lives. But we have a great redeemer. Jesus is the redeemer who rescues people from the power of Satan and his demons. And he sets them free. Remember the man Legion? We also talked about him in VBS last week. Invaded by many spirits. A legion was 6,000 in a Roman army. And you just could not contain and control this fellow. So finally he couldn't stay in his home and he couldn't stay in his city. They would try to chain him and lock him up. He, he, he couldn't be chained. He couldn't be controlled. So he just ran wild on the beach among the tombs. No one could control him because Satan's control was so strong until he met Jesus. Next thing you know, the demons are in the pigs. The pigs go wild. The man is found clothed in his right mind, sitting quietly at the feet of Jesus, drinking in the good news of the kingdom. There is a redeemer. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Power. The wonderful Christ. Now, you might not be possessed by a demon in exactly this way, but you know what? If you're not a true and sincere follower of Christ, Satan does rule your heart and mind. And he has you on his sin leash. He uses sin that lives in you to chain you and pull you around to go wherever he wants you to go and you want to follow because you're so addicted to sin, so in love with wrong. You might not be demon-possessed like this guy, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you don't believe in Jesus and Jesus doesn't live in you, Satan does. And you'll see that. The evidence will be living by lust, being controlled by lust or pride or unholy anger or bitterness or self-pity. Or maybe it's being controlled by a refusal to forgive or jealousy or sexual immorality or drunkenness or witchcraft or being held captive by the lies of cults or the occult. The Bible has many sinless to describe a life ruled by the powers of darkness. And this explains why sin can have such a hold on our life that we just can't let it go. It abuses us, but we feel we can't live without it. So we keep pursuing it. And that's Satan's lie which holds us in its grip. You need that sin. 
But when Jesus speaks his word into our darkness and says, let there be light, and Satan is cast out, and the spirit of Jesus enters in, and Jesus rules us instead. What a change. Transferred from the dominion of Satan, ruled by sin, to the dominion of Jesus, ruled by God. And he fills our hearts with the gospel and with faith in Jesus Christ. And then he changes our lives and he fills us with the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What a miracle. What a wonderful Christ. Unbelievably good news for us. So if you are in that spot of being controlled by Satan, there's a way out. There's a way to be set free for you today. Come running to Jesus. Because the rule of sin and Satan cannot stay in you when you're in the presence of Jesus and you trust in Jesus. Jesus will cast him out. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus, I come to thee. Into thy freedom, gladness and light, Jesus, I come to thee. Jesus is the bondage breaker. Oh, there's refuge in Jesus. And if you come to him for deliverance, know that he has come to you first. And he will set you free. But as Christians who are filled with the spirit of the Jesus, we also are bothered by demons, aren't we? And Satan's lies and accusations. He prowls around the gates of our lives, knocking on the doors, banging on the windows, throwing in grenades over the wall, trying to get us to bite his bait, to believe his lies, to follow his seductions that he dangles in front of the windows so that we'll open and let him in. But greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Jesus lives in you as the great resister and he's in heaven as your great defender. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, Upward I look and see him there, see Jesus there, who made an end to all my sin. Again, believers, we need Jesus every day, just as much as when we first believed. We never lose our need for Jesus, and he's always there. Run to him for refuge in whatever need you have and whatever way you feel the powers of darkness banging on your doors. Jesus has got you in his hand and he will not leave you nor forsake you. Trust him. Lean on him. Pray to him. Ask him for strength to resist and he will supply you. There's refuge in Jesus. Even Paul recognized that. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. 
and the life that I now live. Know the rest? I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Every day. I live by faith. I cling to Jesus. It never changes. We can always run to Jesus. Jesus, strong and kind. Well, let's see thirdly, his wonder-filled people. Look at the end of the passage, 27 and 28. And they were all amazed. So that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Think of that. The congregation gathered there that Sabbath in the synagogue. I don't think they were expecting such a wonderful Sabbath. They were amazed. What is this? A new teaching with authority. He even commands the unclean spirits and they submit to him. It reminds me of the disciples in the boat in the Sea of Galilee when Jesus stilled the wind and the waves of the word. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Mark 4, verse 41, a memory verse from last week. What is this? Who is this? That's what God's word should always bring us to. Not how good am I, how great am I, but who is he? How great is he? Now, there's two ways to be amazed in the Bible, to ask, what is this? Who is this? Sadly, sometimes this amazement at Jesus' miracles did not translate into faith, but into offense. Who is this? What is this? He threatens me. I don't want a God invasion in my life. I like my life the way it is. I'm in love with me and with the way I'm living, and I don't want somebody to come in and upset me. And even though the evidence was before them that Jesus is the Messiah, he's your refuge, you need him. People would say, we don't want you. We're scared of your power. I think again of the the healing of legion. And And he cast out the demons and threw them into the pigs. And the farmers went and they they told the folks in the city, come and see what happened. And they come back. No pigs. But there's the man that nobody could contain. He was a legend in the village. And he's clothed. And he's in his right mind. And he's quiet. And he's listening to Jesus. And they're amazed. And they're scared. And they beg Jesus, get away from here. Oh, that's the wrong way to be amazed. I'm staying away from Jesus because I love me the way I am. And I don't want God to invade my life. Oh, I pray that that kind of hard-heartedness 
will not be the way any one of us responds to the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's another kind of amazement, the opposite. Amazement that says, that's exactly the one I need in my life. If he can do this and that and that, and this. If he is this kind of Savior and Messiah, I want him, no matter what it costs me. And I will flee to him for refuge. And I will worship him in amazement at the great works that he has done for me and for all who call upon his name. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned, unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song will ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Amen. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we praise you for sending help from heaven. Exactly the help we need that covers us completely from sin and all its consequences. Help that brings us to glory and rescues us from all shame and misery. Thank you for sending us Jesus. And we pray that you will give us a heart and a life that runs to him. Maybe the first time, maybe we've never let go of ourselves before. Lord, make that happen now in our lives. We give up on ourselves and run to Jesus. But help us also to keep running to Jesus. And then give us rest, Lord. Satisfy us with your presence and your promises, and your power. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.